Movies by Minutes, project number five. It's Silverado this time. That's no jive. By Lawrence Kasdan, who wrote the show. Let's settle up now, kids, because here we go. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome and howdy to uh, the another minute of the Silverado Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1985 Lawrence Kasdan-directed Western, Silverado. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Ethan McKinley, of course. I don't sound in anything Western at all or American. I'm from the UK. You might know me from the past podcast, uh, Two Minute Terminator, one of the Minute family shows, one of the early ones. And uh, my eminent co-host and my benevolent dictator who drafts me into work every now and again uh, to do these shows, Mr. Jim O'Kane. You know him, you love him, I certainly love him. Here uh, he is. How well, are you, you, Sheriff O'Kane? Good, good. But, you know, I was thinking you, you were saying you don't sound like you belong in a Western, but uh, Sheriff Langtree, I think, had about the same, uh, about the same accent. I bet, you know. Or English Bill from uh, yeah. Unforgiven, I think. Richard yeah. Harris. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Cleese is from like Nottingham, right? Isn't he up that way? I don't know where he's Somewhere there, yeah. And then obviously went to uh, Oxford and I think they did Oxford Footlights and then that's how yeah. they became the Monty Python troupe. Yeah, but he's got that vague, like that that Geordie Midland yeah. sound to him. So, <laughs> which uh, before before Essex became super hip. Um, but, uh, well, I suppose yeah. that's the sprawl of the uh, the city, isn't it? It gets so expensive in London and it starts pushing out yeah, everyone's the, like East End. The East Enders have kind of disappeared, and they're all moving out into further Essex and things. Yeah, everybody's got that Brit verb <clears throat> sound. Although everybody sounds like TV <laughs> nowadays, you know. It's like I, I think we're slowly turning into a global everybody, everybody chatting like some announcer. The streaming show accents, the bland beige wallpaper filler copies, yeah, copies in a world accents yeah. <laughs> in a world. So today's uh, clip, everybody, we've got the the fabled stampede. Yes. Uh, before we start actually speaking, Jim, for the show, there's like there is an actor with one line, and all he has is like one word. And I, I actually find that when I've done jobs like this, if you've got two two lines or even one, there's so much more pressure to make it, you know, <laughs> uh, a thing, if you will. How, how many times do you think he said this the, the night before? Stampede. <laughs> I don't know. I reckon there was a lot of pressure on him though. Yeah. A lot of pressure. Especially when they roll, they roll the camera in, and it's like, and now say the line. Uh, action! He kind um, of leans into it as well. He kind of has this like uh, curled lip kind of thing going on as well. So I, he made the most of it, bless him. Yeah, this plus is he's his got, moment. He's got the broken elbow thing, so he's really, you know, he's on, uh, he's gonna. I, I need, gonna like, I need a, I need a thing. I need a quirk. This character <laughs> needs a quirk. You got the eye patch guy. Yeah. I want, I'm gonna bro the broken arm guy. Yeah, my beard isn't coming in all that well. So let's, yeah, give me, give me a sling. Now the stampede is that stock footage was actually a stampede they did. Do we know they, this? Or they did a stampede, but I swear that looks like stock footage. I mean, yeah. Um, I suppose you have to listen to the commentary on the film. I've not. Uh, yeah, Again, I, to speak to an older show, was it keep it wrapped in cellophane? I've got Silverado on Blu-ray, still wrapped in the plastic, along box, with a, a yeah. myriad of other shows. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it's it's odd in that. I mean, and uh, the Bruce Broughton is really leaning on um, Copeland's uh, rodeo that sound that that music yeah. that, that that you know it's like beef. It's what's for dinner. It's like a commercial for. Uh, you know steak on sale at tesco's but uh it's uh yeah it's really wow and if if you're listening to this on headphones the 
the sound is rolling back and forth and every time yeah. they fire a pistol there's you know one in the right channel one in the left channel and uh the horses are running around in your head it's very uh it's is it in much... 5.1 or is this 5.1 is that post 1985 i guess right yeah i think they keep yeah. remixing it every time something new comes out but it's definitely yeah. multi-channel and uh gosh i've got a and uh, you know it's funny it, it, just little things when you're seeing like when uh the scruffy guy is is trying to get the trying to get the saddle on his horse and the horse decides i'm running off um <laughs> i i have that <laughs> horse I, is like, i'm out of here i think i have that almost identical horse blanket that he's got thrown over the corral um, right which are really comfortable really comfortable at night when you're freezing of course we're in the dead of the one of the worst summers ever but uh they're very comfortable in the winter time um, I wonder if gophers were a problem there because I mean we have uh, moles in this country that yes, a horse, a horse, a horse, a horse can put its uh, foot into and then break its ankle along. I guess where cow could as well. Yeah, well, I guess yeah. like a, it's in like, this part yeah, of the world. This part of the world that would be prairie dogs. We used That's to. Um, it, sorry, yeah. It, it's I, I live just outside of Fort Worth, and uh, Fort Worth had for the for many years as the as they built up the suburbs around us. Um, mm-hmm. They had a, a central area that they called Prairie Dog Park, and there was really an entire colony or whatever, whatever the grouping is of prairie dogs that lived in this mm. park. And you go out there, and they'd all poke their heads up like so many. Um, I forget what that. The sentry when they're doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're just they just prairie dog and, and look around. It's kind of like when somebody's getting fired, and you're in an office complex and the cubes. Everybody <laughs> looks like who's getting fired now. So, um, they prairie, you know, the, the prairie dogs would pop their heads up and you'd see people going out there, but finally they decided it was too many. The problem with the prairie dogs was they were getting chased by local pets. You know, dogs were going out and, and trying to attack the prairie. Right. Dogs. They, they, uh, one, one weekend, they just, uh, fenced off the entire area and they went in and went on a, uh, prairie dog roping thing and just oh, wow. dug, dug them all out of their little hovels and, uh, moved them to the Fort Worth zoo where they're, 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 Oh wow! Well. So you're gonna say they, they were all killed, or they just no, uh, no, they poison just, them? Yeah, no, no. They, they've got like I think over a hundred of them at the at the Fort Worth Zoo, and it's this whole little prairie. Well, that's nice. Family. You're living as a free man, then you're in a prison. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, free corn every afternoon, you know. There you so, go. Um, you don't worry about predators either, I guess. So that's the no, bonus. No, no, they keep. Uh, although you know they're they're right next door to uh, some a coyote display. So. <laughs> I mean, just hear, letting you know prairie dogs if you step out of line yeah yeah you know you hear they're howling all night it's like ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> everything's fine um <laughs> the uh the, uh, lots of lots of action here and a lot of um mm. a lot of psychic payback of course uh the fellow that gets uh that gets shot off of his horse and falls in among the uh the cattle getting stomped to death that's yeah. the same guy that well, one of the guys that roped emmett that uh ah, yes horse step on him so there you go it's all poetic justice and, and emmett's <laughs> the one that blows him off his uh horse kaboom create a great shot with his uh a little 45 there um uh very impressive shooting uh these well, of course these guys are you know we we previously saw emmett shooting the hair off of cactuses and things so <laughs> he's already a good so shot. in in reality or in this world, what would be the cause or the start of a stampede? Just like a panicked animal, and they all follow, or not? Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty yeah. much it. I mean, I would assume that uh, Mal and uh, Payden probably were riding around shooting at the at the hind yes. part of the thing and yelling, and so it doesn't take much. They're they're not very uh, they're not very bright when it comes to uh oh trouble. So yeah, um, who's the actor with the eye patch? By the way, he's the. Uh... Uh, Let's have a look at the cast here. Hang on. Yeah, that uh, I should have sent over the cast list. That, that's what I that's what I had been doing. That's right. I, 
just we have google we're all right in an ipad so we're working through it yeah that's swan by the way or maybe not that's that's swan swan's the guy with the uh yeah swan's the guy that you'll stampede uh hoyt hoyt do you remember the first time you saw this? I think some, I think we, uh, the other podcasts like Andromeda and stuff, like the film, yeah, had like I, an impact on you. Yeah, I, I saw or this. Sometimes films grow on you after the fact, don't they? Through you know other means, or just seeing it repeatedly when you see more things in it. You know, I've seen films where I thought the film was terrible at the cinema, then it becomes my favorite film years down the line. I guess when you're older or you understand it better and things like that. Yeah, I saw it in um, Fairfax, Virginia, and actually Falls Church, Virginia, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, it was really good, and I thought I've got to give this would be a great gift for people, and so I had, uh, I had given a, a copy a VHS copy to my father in law. I gave one to my dad, and uh, a couple of other people that I knew. That was my like my Christmas when you're trying to figure out something that would you know just the right size. And this was a this is something you could give to somebody without giving much offense. It's like here's a great yeah, movie, a stocking like filler, it. yeah. So uh, it was uh, it was an easy. The letter saying I hate you was in the DVD box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ten things I hate about you. Yeah, that would be the one that you. Cover. Oh, yeah. Western. I was still right. Oh, you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I was I was trying to figure out some of the stuff. If there's any like, um, you know, in uh, uh, the William Wallace movie, uh, William Brave Wallace, Hart. Brave Heart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a whole bunch of uh, like wooden horses, like that were outfitted, and I yes. see, I see the scene with there's a they scene take with, all the spears in their chests and things. Yeah, I, I was I was yeah. seeing the scene where Emmett is firing his gun. It's about second thirty seven, and I'm seeing these uh, the cattle going up and down and up and down, and I was just wondering, are they all are they all cattle or are they? Yeah. Like some undulating thing, like a uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. like a is it like a cattle, you know, just like a cattle rug that they're shaking? Yeah. Um, and they just twist it, and the the cattle backs go up and down like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Undulates, yeah. undulates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, these sine waves going through, and I I can't tell. I mean, that's a good thing. I would, I, I can't imagine that they would ride Scott Glenn up against the side of a bunch of. Uh, yeah, unless cattle. there was like a, a, a you know a barrier a fence, or some yeah, kind of yeah. A fence. Yeah. Yeah, but it looks like I mean they're all just kind of <clears throat> holding still. So I don't know. Although the, I'm now I'm noticing in the background that there are trees passing by. So maybe yeah. But it's still I mean which doesn't which doesn't mean they don't have a bunch of uh, stuffed cattle bouncing up and down. No, no, of course. <laughs> Why you know like you said yeah the uh, I think Lord of the Rings uh, has a lot of uh, horses that do that. You have to kind of uh, look like you're. Uh... What did David Wenham say? You have to kind of bob up and down like you're having fake sex to make it like like look yeah. like it's riding properly. And, and it's then they're only, like on the back of a truck, and they just have to do that and kind of yeah. Yeah, it's only it's only for a couple of seconds, so you're like, oh okay. yeah. Um, I just I, I wonder. Yeah, it, it, again, it's movie magic. So, but there does seem to be a scene where the two of them are riding through real horses. I mean, if you uh, real, I mean, they're on real horses and they're riding through uh, about second twenty. Eight through thirty. Those Sorry, are real. Look. That's real cattle. Yes. Going through. So, At a distance, though, would these be stuntmen replacing? I guess the main characters or the actors. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking scene. that that's a rather thick-looking uh, uh, Scott Glenn and a rather thin-looking Kevin Klein. So yeah, that might not be... as bad as the Roger Moore stuntmen in the, especially in, as it viewed to a kill. 
they yeah. look nothing oh. like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh he was they weren't uh, even trying in those movies, but this is much better if it is well, again, if you don't notice it, they've done their job, haven't you? Yeah, I know, jumps out at you. I know somebody that had worked on Ian Productions for with uh, Roger Moore, and they said toward his final couple of Bond movies, uh, <laughs> he was having some like kidney issues, and they had a problem getting him to like stand up and sit down. So it's, yes. it's like they'd position him, they'd position him in a scene, and he'd be like la 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 la, and then then they shoot from behind where they was he was like sitting into a chair or sliding into a hot. He's just crumpling out. Oh, yeah. the scene was over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roger, good man. Um, good man. But this was, yeah, it's, it's, I can't imagine being a cattle wrangler must be quite a job. Plus the sheer hiring of a herd. I mean, I know there are, you know, yeah. a lot of, uh, a lot of you got predation, uh, like what is it? Thieves, cattle thieves and things. And yeah. Other things you have to contend with, right? Yeah. But I mean, but it, you know, from the movie business of having, you know, I need 200 head down here. Yeah. You know, I need them here on Thursday. I know that a lot of uh, a lot of Western tribes out there, uh, Utes, Na- uh, Navajo, Apaches, uh, Ho- Hopi. You say Utes? Utes, U- yeah. Is that what Fred Gwynn says? <laughs> yeah, in, like Fred, uh, my cousin yeah two, two Utes, yeah. <laughs> two the, Utes. Uh, but the different different tribes out out west, they uh, they actually one of their money makers is uh, renting out cattle and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I don't know where the, I mean this is New Mexico, so I'm assuming it might be uh, Hopi. But, so uh, that, yeah, so these guys are running towards the cattle on the horses, riding towards them. They're shooting the guns, kind of steer them away from the town or the, the house, rather. Yeah, yeah, is that just, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, and that's when he buys the farm, getting stuck in the uh, boom, yeah, the stampede. The, yeah, the, yeah, the tsunami of of uh, hamburger. Um, <laughs> so and it's, it seems to affect uh, uh, affected Jim Henson. I know it's McKendrick, but it's, it's Jim Henson's <laughs> running out there with his perfect tie, going, uh oh, cattle. Um. I was going to say, I've, I've had a question in the last episode I forgot to bring up because Danny Glover's in the scene. Were black cowboys a common thing or they're rarities? And then you've got uh, Morgan Freeman in, uh, what is it, Unforgiven and stuff. What's my, my slavery dates are off? If, uh, is, were they all well, the, so, I slavery guess... ended a decade before at least. And uh, right. a, lot of, a lot of freedmen moved west. We have... Uh, we had a huge, okay. there was a there's a huge Friedman town in uh, Fort Worth mm. uh, called Poly. It was named after the Polytechnic Institute that was built in East Fort Worth. And there was a, right. Uh, there were um, as the 1880s and 1890s went on, they built an enormous um, uh, interurban line, trolley line, tro- uh, trolley mm. cars that uh, that went. And there was a uh, there was a station called Station Six. It was six stops out from downtown Fort Worth. Where there was a, a huge uh, Freedmen's population there, but uh, you know, large businesses. I, I mean, perhaps most famously, the Tulsa, uh, what they called the uh, the Black Wall Street in uh, in Tulsa. There was a rather uh, uh, prosperous area there at the beginning of right. uh, when when o- Oklahoma settled at the turn of the century. You know, the Sooners and all that, and the the big land rush and stuff, as as <laughs> as as, as uh, displayed in uh, the 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 play Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, there were a Oklahoma. lot of Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly, and for the Freedmen, uh, Freedmen live up in Tulsa and in um, uh, places like uh, Weatherford, Norman, up, up there in, uh, in the Oklahoma territories. A uh, lot of a uh, lot of uh, American uh, Native American tribes had uh, had connections with uh, uh, freed slaves uh, in the territories. Right. So yeah, it was it was not that uncommon to uh, to have a large black presence in the West. Um, 
That house is terribly vulnerable as well, by the way. Yeah, yeah. There's you, <laughs> when you want to put like some, uh, <laughs> you put like a corral around it. So just even um, for people seeing it from miles and miles away. But uh, I'll go yeah. off topic then briefly. So there were an abundance of, I guess. Well, you, I guess you'd find other trades and skills if you were a freed slave or something like that, wouldn't you? So I guess there would be black carbos. But yeah, again, yeah. you've you've given me some more. In, I learn something every new every episode, viewers, listeners, or viewers. I don't know, but yeah. Jim is a, a mine of information. No, it's, and, you know, skilled tradesmen were looked for out West. I mean, that's the thing is that you need uh, people to do mining. There was a lot of mining going on uh, yeah. in the West. Uh, coal, there was coal mining, there was manganese, Tin, all, you know, gold, all, all kinds of metals and things. And, um, you know, and then like you said, like I said, if you had any kind of a marketable skill, like if you were a miller or if you were, yeah. if you could do carpentry, uh, any, any kind of tin work and stuff like that. I mean, look at that that roof is made out of tin yeah so it's an you know for one thing it says it's an expensive roof and for another thing it took it took a craftsman artisan artisans to do that and also to lay those bricks which yeah. had to have come from a kiln somewhere miles away so in um actually i think uh alexander demar he was mixed race i think he was a slave but when he was freed uh he's one of his tradable skills was his beautiful handwriting and calligraphy and things so he became uh that was his trade. Then he became a writer and went on to write uh, The Man in the Iron Mask and uh, The Three Musketeers and The Count of Monte Cristo and stuff. I'm pretty sure that's the story. Look it up, listeners. Alexander Dumas. The, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, west, west of where I live in Fort, Fort Worth, about 20 miles west, uh, was the town of Thurber, Texas. And Thurber mm. was a huge brick-making town. There was a lot of uh, red clay, sandstone, and, sure. and the materials for it, and they, and, uh, they would burn uh, lignite coal to uh to run the kilns and the bricks that were made in thurber were used in lots of towns in the surrounding areas abilene fort worth uh, even as far west as lubbock and as far south as waco uh thurber bricks were like in demand for both building houses and especially building roads they were used like cobblestones right. they were used as, and um, most of most of downtown Fort Worth, if you peel away the asphalt covering on some of the streets, you'll find Thurber bricks. The original red end. bricks. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. And, uh, it's a shame they cover them in a sense. Or is, it, is anything left exposed for kind of prettiness or historical lot, reason? Yeah, a lot, a lot of it's yeah. been re, like re, you know, they, they shave off the top part because suddenly, you know, it's Wild West days, and you can, you can make. Uh, there's a place there called Sundance Square, and uh, there it's very much, uh, you know, the red brick, and of course. Uh, Fort Worth is famous for its um, its old town, the Stockyards region, which is all Thurber brick. Right. And we're back. Uh, so there was a blip in the show there, listeners. It's because my phone ran out of battery. Truth be told, uh, my laptop exploded a month ago, and I'm just running my podcast off two phones, which does work. But uh, you have to keep it on the battery, and I didn't do my due diligence. Uh, technology uh, is a harsh mistress. Exactly. Bring back analog. I mean, I'm running a thing of earphones that plug into the phone uh, much better than Bluetooth. So you can at least trust them. When the hard line is into the, the laptop, FM is perfect. But now we're on this chunky Wi-Fi. But it's been good so far, to be fair. So before I besmirch the internet, uh, it does work. So back with the show. So, so um, we, Jim? <laughs> oh, we were, we were, the one fellow had the line that said stampede. And then we were getting into the, uh, we were the one I black cowboys. There we go. That's right. Yeah, we had been we had been chatting about that and, and tradespeople and bricks and bricks. All, all kinds of stuff. Tin I just, roofs. Tin roofs. Rusted. Yes. Just like the love shack. Um, 
The <laughs> science uh, says, stay away, fools. <laughs> didn't mention anything about cattle, though. I do like I the. I have to uh, say, Jim, I think yeah. the reason these shows flow, you our, our pop culture pop culture knowledge and generally is kind of crossover and then we fill in the blanks for each other in the other areas that we either one misses so that's yes. why i enjoy these shows <laughs> it's, it's pure it, it's pure complimentary serendipity um but uh it, my, my fascination here is with the bunkhouse the here uh yes. mckendrick as far as i can tell mckendrick is the only one that lives in the house right and he's not married as far as i can tell yeah if there's a mrs mckendrick um, and his dad's dead, and the other family members seem to be listed there, you know, listed in that photo. But he seems to be the only one home in this and, giant uh, house. Yeah, he's got this giant house, and then he's got the bunkhouse where all the all the baddies, all the the henchmen, who uh, if they were in Batman, they'd all have their names written across their chest <laughs> with some kind of a, a Western quirk, like you know, rustler and uh, <laughs> horse thief and. <laughs> Something like What's that. that one in The Simpsons when they ape the uh, Bartman? It's, you know, it's a uh, Millhouse, isn't it? He's like, ah, oh, the Scoutmaster. I yeah. see him, boys. Don't forget <laughs> to use your nails. <laughs> yeah, I was say a... about the house. Sorry, oh, oh, no, carry no, on. No. You, you, you finish your thoughts. I apologize. Yeah, no, I was just thinking. You know, it's this beautiful, uh, rather Victorian-looking, I mean, our Federalist style yes. house, and uh, <clears throat> the bunkhouse is pure uh, New Mexican pueblo. Yeah, I do like verandas. I'm a big fan of those. It's probably quite dark on the ground floor because of it, but I do, I think, sitting in a rocking chair with a beer, surveying that lovely, uh, the savannah or that, that, that vista would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the, uh, although the overwhelming smell of uh, cattle manure. Cattle dung. I guess it's that thing, isn't it? If you live in cow country, when you've been there for so long, you don't smell anymore because I think... Yeah, the human mind and smells it looks for differentiations i guess to sense danger or toxicity but if it's yeah. always there your brain just switches off to it eventually yeah but you know so many thousands of gallons of horse pee just soaking into that uh yeah that turf must be um and on a hot summer day too i mean here we are in the dead of winter so most of the i would think grass never grew back be... for 30 years yeah <laughs> Well, you've had that, haven't you? We're driving through cow country or past the farm. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my God. Put the windows up, everybody. <laughs> yeah. There uh, there used to be in New Jersey. It's pungent. Was, in, in New Jersey, there's a town called Secaucus. And mm. uh, most of the bacon and pork goods were from a giant pig farm that was in Secaucus, New Jersey, just across the river yeah. from Manhattan. And they got rid of that. They got rid of the pig farm sometime in the late 1950s. And I can remember right. the smell of bacon and awful stuff coming out of Secaucus for decades afterwards. Yeah. It just was, it was imbued. Well, it's like you said, the slurry and the feces and the, and the, uh, the urine. I mean, there was a lot of those kind of, uh, I guess, activist videos that show those drones and they go over. There's actually, I think, a banning in certain states that you can't fly over a cattle or a pig farm because ah. it just shows how gross and horrible the, the, I guess, the slurry and the runoff of those places is and how toxic it is. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I, I can't imagine anything worse smelling than a pig farm. I've been by a couple of them and it is, aston yeah. it's, it's astonishing. I mean, it's bre literally yeah. breathtaking. Um, but uh, yeah, we, this is. Oh, oh good. We need Ted Nugent. Just get what cancel all pig farms. I understand, like, there's an invasive species now uh, cutting across America, and Ted Nugent just shoots them from his helicopter. <laughs> now, there, wild pork you know, apparently is amazing. There, yeah, it's very the javelinas, which are all over e East Texas here and in Arkansas. Mm. They are, uh, they're pretty scary. They're big. I mean, they're as large as a, you know, small, like a, like a calf, but they weigh upwards of 400, uh, 450 to 500 pounds. And yeah, yeah. 
they're smart and they've got tusks yeah. and uh, pretty deadly. Um, Apparently, the, the pig species, if you took a regular domestic pig and release it into the wild, it would start turning into a javelina or a boar. Yeah. That's what I've heard because they apparently they've, they're all the kind of the same, the species, this porcine, is it something or no? Yeah. I know, something it, like that. Yeah. It's, um, but they're, yeah, they're, terribly, terribly bright uh, animals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and delicious with a uh, scrambled egg. Um, <laughs> Some A1 steak sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Or something better, I'm sure. I I do like the uh, unbidden optimism of these two guys uh, running out with their with their uh, guns, shooting in the air, and hoping that they're going to turn 200 head of cattle with a couple of pistols. Well, I imagine they have historians working there, so wouldn't that be the standard procedure? Just hope for the best and go and start sh- shooting the gun, I guess. Yeah, I would. But think I could he... imagine you getting caught up in that, and that's you. That's curtains for you. Yeah, I mean, all you can really do is—I I don't think you could reverse course, but I would think what you try to do is do that—that that Kevin Klein maneuver of coming around the side and maybe like trying to steer them Steering left or right. Them, yeah. You're not gonna—you're yeah. not gonna stop them. No. Um, but just uh, just getting them calmed down must be something. I, I can't imagine. I, I would think that this would only be one or two takes. I don't know how many times you can get the cattle up to speed. For, yeah. uh, for some film. I'd imagine there. if you had your ranch next to a cliff or a river and all that that momentum and that panic and all the uh, the cattle. How many were in the past have just entire herds have gone over a cliff and just landed in a big pile? I think I, there was a news story on that recently when they, there was a, like a pile of cattle. Or was it an old ancient Sioux story where like they they oh that's it they drive the bison off the cliff. But then that pile of bison would rot, and then the gases that all start exploding and bursting into flame and stuff in the heat. Yeah, and stuff. D- yeah not exactly dances with wolves. It's just <laughs> <laughs> woof. Um, I, was, I, I know there are some dairy cattle herds in. Uh, I have a I have a cousin in Ireland who uh, he would raise uh, cattle from birth to right. I think a little bit over a year, and then they'd move his herd to France, and they'd like fatten them up and send them off to the uh, abattoir uh but are there any big cattle ranches in i thought you were gonna say that they'd, they'd, they'd all move to france and pop around museums smoking tailored cigarettes <laughs> yeah yeah they were yeah lavash kiri and eating a, cheese yes yeah, <laughs> laughing about it all the time uh so but french uh, new wave cinema type thing they go around a little convertible picking up underage girls like john paul belmondo in, in uh, breathless breathless yes yes but but with cows Yes, re- reading <laughs> reading a Paris match and you know just um, but I, I was just wondering if there are any big cattle ranches in Britain. I don't know where I mean I would I'm assume sure Devonshire, there are, but I, Devonshire yeah. has all that, you know, like all those yeah, all those creamery commercials that you'd see. When you know, I like, oh. yeah, when I drive to London in the car to do these events and stuff, you do go past like big sways of I guess well dairy cows are kind of black and white splashes, aren't they? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. So you see tons of those and sheep. So I guess that's our mainstay. That's the closest we get to the wild, wild west of the UK. Yeah, now but, uh, yeah. they don't have many big cat- cattle drives through uh, Lincolnshire and so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's this is definitely seems to be a Western or Australian phenomenon, I guess, of having mm. moving, moving, moving them around loose and eating what's on the ground, you know, grass-fed beef. It's um, strange, actually. There's not that many, uh, well, that I can think of Australian. Uh, Cowboy stories, if that uh, makes sense, like Australian uh, westerns, if you will. Tom Selleck, the uh, Quig- Quigley, Quigley yeah, one and two, yeah. And I think there's that one with Guy Pierce. Uh, oh 
what's that called? I'll, f- I'll find it for the next episode, listeners. It's about 2005. It's an Australian Western with Guy Pierce. It was very brutal and bloody and violent. Robert Carlyle and Guy Pierce. I've got ah. Google. I can just find out while we're talking. Sorry. Um, I do remember <laughs> uh, Chuck Connors was in a television show. He was called uh, Cowboy in Africa. And, okay. Uh, although he was kind of wrangling giraffes and things like that. I think they were just trying to figure out. There was a. Uh, there was a zoo in California called uh, Africa USA. And it was it was very it was very popular for uh, Hollywood movies. If you needed you know a tiger or something like that, you go to Africa USA and get. Yeah, if, if watch the original Star Trek episode um, Shore Leave, that was filmed right. at Africa USA because they just needed a tiger and they needed a you know elephants or things like that. That's that's where they were. And Vasquez rocks and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> Africa yeah. USA. All yeah. the sets for all the Star Treks. <laughs> uh, the film is called Ravenous. Nine two thousand and five listeners. A revenge thriller, Australian Western with uh, Guy Pierce and Robert Carlyle. See, I knew I knew it. That's the only one I can think of, apart from the two Quigleys. Yeah. Um, trying to think. I mean, I always when I always picture the Anzac movies, it's usually sheep rather than yeah. cows. <laughs> but I, I don't think there's any big shepherding movies from uh, New Zealand. I may be wrong. No. Um, it's interesting how. I suppose sheep are less dramatic than cows as a as a herdable protagonist or some kind of backdrop for a story. Maybe. Yeah, I don't so know. some kind of a MacGuffin. I mean, I remember. I mean, one of my that, we, were, we were speaking about westerns. One of the westerns that I could think of that I love in terms of uh, uh, the only way to describe it is a native exploitation movie, uh, the 1971 classic uh, Billy Jack. Which, okay. uh, if you <laughs> haven't if you haven't seen Billy Jack, it's just uh, it is a an ultimate American seventies movie that uh, just everything, everything that's wrong. Everything all the actors wrong the kind of like shoe polish and tanned up playing uh, Indians. I think, was it, uh, <laughs> it was his well, name. John Wayne played Genghis Khan, didn't he? And that was yeah. very much of an, the time that they would do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, 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 uh whatchamacallit, uh, Tom, Tom McLaughlin was, uh, played Billy Jack and, uh, he was a, uh, Half Indian, half uh, uh, half Caucasian. Um, uh, Marty, you want to come back with me? Yeah, no, that, that means I have a text message. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. The, uh, uh, but he uh, was trying to fight the illegal Mustang into dog food trade. They were chasing wild <laughs> horses through the Arizona desert and uh, pushing them off cliffs and things. And it's just very. Uh, and he he was very nonviolent except for the part where he'd kung fu all the bad guys in town. So it was just, <laughs> it, it, it's it was an interesting take on it. It was basically a western, hmm. very similar to this in the story of you know going up the against the big baddie who was making money off of cattle and real estate. Yeah, and, uh, is there any base in the in those facts of uh, converting uh, wild horses into uh, dog food? Is no, that was a dog a, food company conspiracy, if you will. That was a big uh, strong heart dog food was uh, was big on horse meat and they right. would buy federal they would buy federal herds and, right. uh, the, and they were they were coming to a problem with uh, tribal rights versus uh, federal right. land price. Um, but is that a problem heart, because the amount of horses are to control the population or is it just could just because no one cares the wild horses? Yeah, and it just yeah. it, but they were like over over farming them. They were going in and, yeah. and taking them out. And I think so it's in their protected species now. Because I think George Knapp mentioned it on Coast to Coast a few years ago, I remember. Yeah, it, there's it's, a big push to kind of protect wild horses and just leave them be. 
it's yeah it's just just letting them go like the uh the, the ones in yeah. in the virginia coastline the assateague island chincoteague yeah uh wild ponies and things like that but i think they were also used in pet food for a number of years it's uh just a rather horrible thing but the uh yeah the movie was based around that but everything was everything was an outrage in there and and billy jack was going to fight the fight the power um i i, I hope someday someone to, you know ethan this might be a great job for someone outside of the u.s to do if you could take a look at billy jack the movie and okay. uh, and see uh, if, from, from from a european perspective yeah because it's just so it it's so complete it's such a completely over the top film and i can't i can't even begin to describe how grindhouse your pre-grindhouse exploitation feeling is it that kind of thing yeah oh it's so yeah okay. i mean and there's it sounds like, like a film tarantino would love it's uh it's perfect low budget american international films oh um, I've tom o'clock yeah i've seen yeah. clips of me yeah 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 and uh yeah he's just talking about how he wants to be non-violent and he promptly proceeds to you know kick yeah. kick everyone around him i've seen this talked about on film um, studies and um articles and things did yeah. he do a series of films as this guy yes no. yes, yes yes he started out with That's the born, he started out with the born losers and the then, billy jack films i think tarantino has talked about this stuff and it's it's just, very much in his wheelhouse it's breathtaking it's just simply this is this is one of the most you, you just sit there with your mouth hanging over saying Wow, people! It's perfect. It's the perfect movie if you're 12 years old and just realize the world is needs to be righted, righting wrongs. And uh, Billy Jack is kind of a a superhero in this thing, in that he can, you know, yeah, he can't be. And he's supposed to be some kind of like Native American descendant or First Nations descendant. Hence the bandolier around the hat. The hat. Yeah, he's got the, the yeah, he's got the beautiful band and stuff. But he's, like he's that. the most like white bread. He's, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. With a name like McLaughlin, you know, it's just we couldn't have Tom McLaughlin, not McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, Tom McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah, he's interesting. Tom Laughlin. That's right. That's Tom Laughlin. That's where it is. I'm. I, the poster's good after a bit. The poster's very oh, good. Oh, the poster's like great. The poster. That very, that solarized. Great yeah, it's Iconic. almost like a yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Navajo blanket kind of a thing. <laughs> and the the music, One Tin Soldier, is just by by Coven. It's very, uh, you, you, you want to hold one fist poster. up. Yeah. All the posters are good. Bloody hell. These are great. Yeah. yeah he's, uh, oh, God, yeah. The red yeah. one, the, 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 that thing you just mentioned, looked like the uh, the native rug thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and is it the A sheet or the one sheet, the, the oblong one? That's great. These are all yeah. three great posters. Yeah, this film's gonna be amazing. <laughs> the, it's stunning. It's stunning, and I'm, I'm telling you, you can. I, I, and I think it's only like ninety minutes long. It's not that. Yeah. This this may be the first movie by Howard of uh, starring Howard Hesseman. Howard Hesseman. Right. In it. And uh, well, just, how do, what do I know him from? Uh, John Johnny I, Fever from WKRP. Howard Hesseman. Yes, and Police Academy Two. The the yes. the, uh, the chief in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's got sixty three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Not too shabby. A six point two on IMDb. Yeah, it's uh, uh yeah. it's uh, so yeah. So Ethan, you'll have to jump on this before one of the one of the listeners goes in and starts doing it. Yeah. it is it's such it would be an incredibly easy movie to do. There's so much, there's so much in it. It's so exploitative yet meaning. It's supposed it's it's trying to do well, but it does it in the worst way possible. It's like, well, uh, it did well. I mean, this could be a billion dollar movie back then. It was a yeah. eight hundred thousand dollar budget, thirty two point five million. A box office and he fit yeah ridiculous. and they did it by what the, what was known as four walling they would instead of printing a thousand prints they only printed like 30 or 40 and then they went town to town and just showed them showed it regionally so they didn't right they didn't lose any money uh striking prints 
but yeah. they go into a town and then heavily advertise it on television. You must see Billy Jack. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. Like the circus is coming to town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So they, they, wow. And it was I'm, mostly, I want to see this now. This is, this is great. There you go. Your, your evening is laid out. It's your classic hero archetype that like we've discussed in the previous episodes, like Clint Eastwood comes in power rider, et cetera, et cetera. The, the lone wolf last man yeah. standing. This is the, the template but for that. It is, it, except it is so far over the top. It's complete. I mean, it's just the bad well, guys are so amazing, bad. And he's so good. <laughs> and everybody, yeah, everybody that gets done wrong gets, you know, they get their come up and <laughs> so good. Desserts. It's yeah, this is, this is, a, I, I just, just to give you an idea of where I, when I was, uh, I was 12 years old and I saw this in a drive-in movie theater mm. and uh, it was with a, it was, um, I'm trying to remember. It was, it was with a double feature of that and no I'm, I'm wrong. no no i saw i'm sorry i saw a re I, I saw the original in a drive-in and then i saw it again in a drive-in five years later i saw it with a movie called rolling thunder with yeah. william william devane have you seen rolling yeah. thunder with yes. the uh, the guy with the hook and he sharpens it up <laughs> yeah it's like perfect grindhouse and uh yeah yeah okay well, well i look if, american listeners new gym it's just been released on blu-ray on shout selecting your neck in america ah. Uh, all the Billy Jack films, Born Losers, Billy Jack, Trolley Billy Jack, and Billy Jack Goes to Washington. Goes to Washington, yes. James Stewart should remake the Hazel <laughs> Shoe. <laughs> oh, what's going on with the ranch? Oh. <laughs> Worst James Stewart impression. Uh, yeah, bloody hell. I want to see these. These look great. Uh, Very yeah. Tarantino feeling. There, yeah, there's, think, there's yeah. absolutely no subtlety about them so these jackets cool as well i love the, love the denim jacket not uh, sold on the hat but the jacket's great yeah. oh the brit yeah that campaign hat that he's got the straight flat brim do you and, know who uh, kind of took this template i could imagine steven seagal because steven seagal must have any contracts no one could ever like knock him out or like get the better of him no yeah. one's his equal he goes into a town dusts everyone up rise up into the sunset uh yeah uh, yeah this seems, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, I mean, that's that's what that's what we we Americans were watching before Silverado came along. It was, it was just this reinvention of. Uh, and just, by the way, we can stick this on. Sorry, sorry the the uh, Facebook forum, Billy Jack Action Jeans, so you can kung fu people in your jeans. Ah, just like uh, Chuck Norris. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's the same yeah. company. They just get someone to step in and yeah. do a cry kick, and it's those. It's Chuck Norris this time. Well, his That's wife, hilarious. His wife Dolores, and uh, who played Jean in the movie, and uh, <laughs> I forget his son. Her, no, her, his wife and his daughter were also in it, playing different roles. Right. And uh, it, uh, it, it re, it, and it was filmed by uh, students at Arizona State University. I think the, the entire <laughs> thing was done as a film project. So they got college credit, and he didn't have to pay his camera crew. Wow! Uh, it's just uh, an astonishing, an astonishing thing. And getting exploitation a, in every word, in every, every, every sense of the word. It's beautiful, and it's all, it's all meant in the best possible way. But it's just so, <laughs> so awful. Um, anyway, but that's a, that's a different movie. We're still on, uh, we're still on Silverado, and uh, we're watching all the, all that cattle, um, all of whom have been, you know, slowly turned into. Uh, uh, appetizers at Applebee's by the you know, what's what's the life what's the life expect well not the lifespan of a, a cow uh, that's not that's a pet generally birth to birth to dinner plate I think is three years okay um and uh depending on you know I mean if, as long as they're not veal then it's uh no uh but yeah it's uh it's generally a very very short uh shortly short-lived and yeah f being fed a lot um 
I think these are mostly shorthorn red Angus. Um, I have, Related to Aberdeen? Uh, yes. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I think the, yeah, the red Angus uh, shorthorns are popular. Uh, other, uh, one of the bigger, um, one of the bigger ranches in Texas is uh, the Santa Gertrudis, uh, which is in the, uh, the so southern Texas, and uh, they, right. they grow their own. They grow their own type called Santa Gertrudis, which are really large. I mean, they're like Brahma bulls. They're huge uh, right. cattle. We see the, the Texas State Fair every October has examples of them, and they're just. I mean, we're, you're looking at about a ton and a half of uh, uh, of meat on on the hoof. It's it's amazing. Wow. How much these how much these cattle are are grown up from uh, from the wild varieties? I mean, they've, they've definitely been uh, carefully bred and selected to you know make as much meat as you can out of a. So when they uh, sell all the parts off it to be sound a bit uh, dark and grim, uh, I wonder what the dollar value of the cow actually is like on the market. Like so many fillets, so many uh, ribeyes. The I guess the hooves for the glue or the but yeah. doesn't it make buttons and glue out hooves anymore do they i don't know no, i think well i think they do everything but you was know, it gelatin for like candy and yeah. stuff was that not a thing yeah yeah collagen kind of stuff but it's uh that's it yeah i mean I, from what i understand it's everything but the moo they they uh <laughs> they, they find they find parts for everything and you know it's basically any part of a cow that you think you might not have eaten it was probably called hot dogs yeah. um it's, <laughs> yeah it, uh, lips and buttholes yes yeah so uh yeah it's 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 amazing how efficient they are with uh with cattle uh, <laughs> i've just uh, seen the billy jack action jeans uh advert oh, so okay. uh, well sheet we'll, so you we'll, can uh, we'll post post that up as, as yes we'll have a discussion here. on billy jack's action jeans who's asked when he kicked chuck if they're both wearing the same jeans who would win billy jack or chuck norris ah wow it's interesting the uh well, there yeah, you go. It, he had his he had his own western, didn't he? Chuck Norris, Walker, Texas Ranger. Is right, that right? Exactly. The series? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, series for years. Lone man years. coming into town. Yeah. Dusts no, up was... the crooks and then off to the next adventure. Wow. Um, I suppose it, well, it's a story archetype, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, not the hero's journey, but you've got so many like character story archetypes. And what you'd call this, but this is, I guess, the uh, the lone savior or something like that. Or yeah, a guy, a guy that yeah. The rest of the town is only. I mean, you think of High Noon, Gary Cooper. Yeah, nobody else in town wants to do. Or uh, three ten to was it three ten to Yuma? Yuma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just people that won't help out, and you have to have one man up against. Um, you know, using. Well, I mean, how many John voice. Wayne movies with this as well? Yeah, uh, it would deal out justice to a a group, and a, a lone rider would come in and help the townspeople and accept no payments. And just disappear off into the sunset again, or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Robin Hood without the uh, uh, exchange of money. There you go, another one, and that goes even yeah. further back. So, I mean, I suppose, I mean, again, like uh, westerns. There's, I guess, why they're kind of endured for so long, even past their sell-by date. I mean, there are the odd westerns. There was a remake of Three Ten to Humor in two thousand eight. Uh, I guess they have all those mythical characters and story archetypes and storylines which speak to some deeper part of us i think as people as humans wherever we're from i don't know yeah i mean it's it's it all boils down to uh, uh well, it's like you, you know, said the, 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 the arthurian movies yeah, yeah the, the arthurian yeah so um yeah it's a, a I mean, timeless it's, timelessness to this yeah and we just have to figure out new ways of telling the same old story well, that's, I mean, that's what Tarantino does, isn't he? Take, and George Lucas with Star Wars, he, he took, yeah. uh, you know, the hero's journey and, or, you know, Tarantino took this movie you, you might have seen in the 60s, or it's great, you've never heard of, and do his version of it and make it better or for whatever. 
So I think these stories have been with us since the dawn of time. But like you said, they just get remixed and put through the tumble dryer and, you know, ironed and they put a new stitch on the corner. Oh, it's different, but it's not. It's uh, something that speaks to a deeper part of ourselves. Look at us getting waxing philosophical. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is about a bunch of cattle falling down a hill. Um, But uh, that was a star, this wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's that's where it was. Um, We got some Billy Jack. Yeah, Billy Jack. We're, we're, we we eventually wind our way back to these things. But, uh, <laughs> um, I, the, you know, it's funny. The only story I can think of that has never been put anywhere else that that I can think of there was a there was a movie. I think it was Warner Brothers back in 1968. It starred George mm-hmm. Papard and Mary Tyler Moore. And the name of the movie was What's So Bad About Feeling Good. And the story the storyline was this guy, um, a, a, a toucan, a toucan bird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, had uh, smuggled himself inside of a uh, like a shipment of bananas from South America somewhere, and he had carried a virus with him. And the virus made people happy. It made okay. them it made them pleasant. And the virus got loose in Manhattan, and people started being nice to each other. They weren't you know like swearing at each other in traffic. They were waiting patiently in line at the delicatessen. They were and uh the uh, the city had noticed the the mayor had activated its you know his emergency staff to figure out how to deal with this virus and a lot, everybody in this everybody in the city started acting nice to each other but uh, george <laughs> george papard got the disease and he became nice mary tyler moore apparently was immune right but she still acted nice and uh, they they assumed that everybody in town had been infected with this and everybody was being nice, but actually it was only like about 30% of, of the town was actually infected. It was just because some people who had been mean were acting nice, everybody was acting nice and nobody went back to it. Um, it didn't really have they that much. They did make that movie. It's <laughs> yeah. called Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's the evil yeah. version. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry yeah, on. That's, that's the bad one of it. Yeah, but it's, what it, <laughs> the, the weird, like the whole side of it was is like, if you could just get a couple of people to be nice everybody would be nice if we could just get, get the right ones to be nice instead of rotten um but it you know it was a difficult story to tell because it didn't really have an ending other than mary tyler moore noticed how everybody had become nice and her uh, boyfriend became very nice and she wound up marrying him but it was uh, i mean that was the it was like this rom-com thing but it was just uh, in watching the story and it's never been released on dvd uh, and it really doesn't get much air. I have never seen it aired since like decades ago. Um, is it public access? Well, not the publicly owned now. You can just see it, find it on YouTube no, perhaps, or somewhere. Weird no, like it's that. it's in the Warner Library, but they haven't released it on any recording, and I don't know why. Um, be on a torrent, a, maybe on a torrenting a, site, maybe a, I don't know a, a rights issue. But yeah, it's called "What's So yeah. Bad About Feeling Good." But it was okay. an inter- and in watching it, and I may be wrong, but it may have been written by like Norman Lear or somebody famous. Um, but uh, it was a difficult story to tell to get something out of it other than, you know, like there, it had no place to go. Yeah. And uh, it was just interesting to see. It's like a hippy dippy idea because it's certainly the era of and the flower power, isn't it? Like, we're all just yeah. being nice to each other. Yeah. 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 It's like hair, you know, it's, it's 68. I mean, perfect, yeah. perfect timing for it. But it was just interesting to see how they, you know, where were they going to go with it? And you can't, you know, <laughs> can't figure it out. But um, yeah, and it's never been re released. So I don't know why it could be a rights issue. Somebody, somebody's holding it up. Um, George Papad seems like a, a strange choice to me in that film. He seems very kind of 
button-down Republican type thing to be in such kind of hippy-dippy, well, airy-fairy you know, fairy thing. I don't know. He was in um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, so, you know, a similar, similar thing that he was, uh, you know, Holly Golightly was a free spirit in... Uh... It's the best racial stereotype in film history as well. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, yeah, but it's like, that, you know, and he had been doing the carpet baggers and a couple of other things in there. Uh, he was in that, uh, he was in that amnesia movie, The Third Day, where he was, uh, he, he wakes up and he finds that these, he's a, a rich guy and a family and there's some woman was murdered and he finds out he may be the prime suspect, but he knows nothing about. Um, I have to say, uh, listen, uh, the delicious idea of Jim trying to think of what he's talking about. I feel called a knee or rat I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm going all, he's, yeah. I'm seeing him on camera. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, just slowly. Uh, it, was, it was lovely. It was like, that's <laughs> Poetry in motion. I can see you. Uh, let's see. It was. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find out about uh, about the. Oh, directed by George Seaton was the uh, What's So Bad About Feeling Good. Yes. Who um, it was actually a British film, 1971, around the same time with Keith Barron, a UK. I guess it's what you'd call a saucy postcard sex comedy. Uh, She'll follow you anywhere about a love potion. I guess you couldn't make it now because I guess you'd say it was male chauvinist or exploitative. Yeah. But you spray this on women, and they'll fall in love with you and have sex with you. It's like oh, an yeah. old uh, British smutty comedy. Yeah. Wink, wink, yeah. Thing. wink, yeah. wink. Yes, nudge, um, nudge, Eric Heidel type thing. I'm <laughs> cinema. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's an interesting, an interesting um, quote from uh, George Seaton. Uh, he said, "This picture is now comedy influenced by the new wave. There's not so much emphasis on the story and everything tying in anymore. Sometimes there's a scene almost extraneous, but it's." If it's entertaining or extraneous, audiences accept this. Today's comedy writing mirrors the times. It's much harder to make people laugh today because of the world conditions. The young yeah. certainly don't have much to laugh about. So humor in the film has to be wild and outlandish so that you can't help but laugh. The sophisticated humor of 20 years ago, the no coward type of thing, is not today, not now. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose you're heading to Vietnam and the grim 70s as well, aren't you? So I guess the zeitgeist was heading in that direction. Because I think we did, uh, it's a mad, mad world, isn't it? That's kind of zany. Wacky comedy. What year is that though? So early sixties, uh, isn't it? That was, yeah, nineteen sixty-three. Yeah, yeah. It's um, but it's yeah, and I think well, and this is the tail end of the sixties. And you and there's so many things going on. I mean, you had you had to have comedy that was over the top at the time. It was a period of uh, crazy, you know, like Batman was going on, and um, yeah, and uh, Captain the Knight three Bs: Bond, Batman, and Beatles, as the saying goes. Yeah, all over over the top <laughs> kind of things. Yeah, going on. yeah and. Or things like laughing, you know, or just joke a minute. So yeah. you had to you had to do stuff outlandish just for one to get somebody's attention, and to two to find something funny about it because it wasn't a funny time to be yeah. around. Somehow this all ties back to Silverado. I'm not sure how, but it's uh, <laughs> it does. But I will say this: I mean, people do when when I did my show, they do go when you go off on a tangent. It doesn't matter because you you know we do like ninety percent on the actual clip, but then you kind of go off on a tangent where I think everyone listening, I certainly do learn something sitting with the the super genius godhead in his on his throne of blood jim jim o'clane <laughs> his throne of human skulls of just, past yeah. intellectuals he's beaten <laughs> with his giant knowledge of everything no it's it, it's I, I think i think what happens is this starts getting you know it, it's like there's so many there's so many web you know threads along the web that yeah. you can follow from these things it all just follows we mean it does follow the same track billy jack which went into kind of the archetypes of heroes and past films that have kind of made that kind yeah. of thing so it and all ties a, back in 
being able to tell a story. I mean, this is a very clear story, but it's interesting how far we get. You know, you watch avant-garde movies and things like that. Yeah. This is the opposite of an avant-garde movie. This is almost a by-the-numbers, you know, classic <laughs> Western. You you know what's going to happen next. You know there's going to be a shootout at the end of the movie. You know the good guys will triumph. And Comfort uh, food, but that's good as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this, this is the meatloaf of... Uh, yeah, uh, of, of motion pictures. It doesn't have to end with Donald Sutherland pointing at the camera going, eh! oh no, <laughs> the bad guys have won. Sometimes it's nice to know if it's going to be okay. Or two guys sitting in a, yeah, two guys sitting pointing guns at each other at the Antarctic. Uh, just <laughs> someday. Um, somebody's, somebody's doing the thing, I, be, I believe, or maybe they already finished. I feel oh, that's bad. not done already. I'd imagine that would have been done I months ago. That seems I think like a, a no brainer for the one minute shows. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a perfect one. And especially if you do both of them, I think you have to do. Yeah, you really can't do one or, the, oh, or maybe, maybe the, the, the the pseudo remake slash prequel. <laughs> it's yeah. 2011, when they nice. again off of the tangent, Studio ADI did all practical effects, looked amazing. You can actually go on YouTube and type in the thing Studio ADI, and then some wise guy at the studio went, put CGI over it. <laughs> and the whole point of the thing was it's practical effects. Yeah, practical and effects. Doing That's what stuff, the original yeah. song. Yeah. Uh, Again, though, oh. that was another film that was hated at the time and then loved after the fact. So exactly, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's leave this one alone. We've we've gotten through hump day here, um, but this has been excellent. We've beaten it to death. We've, yes, yes. Move like, on to the next one. It's, yeah, the cows are now hamburger. So we're yes, um, exactly. But Let's Ethan, see. when when people want to find you, where do they find you? Uh, usually in court or the local jail. <laughs> no, it's uh, I'm uh, Ethan under, underscore McKinley on Instagram. My, as I said before at the start of the show, uh, I've got the two-minute Terminator, one of the first uh, minute shows where I broke the rules, the two minutes instead of one. Excellent and uh, my, too, show, yeah. <laughs> my show, yeah, my show, Questionable, is on YouTube. In fact, the two-minute Terminator is on YouTube as well. So there you go. That's me. What about you, Jim? Where can you uh, be found? I'm everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm everywhere. The room in Texas. Usually, yeah, usually. <laughs> you, usually <laughs> that sounds dirty than it's supposed yeah. to. He's actually got an organ behind you. <laughs> Yeah, it's electric piano, but it's it's there just in case <laughs> I need to just in case I need to build some build some uh, background tension. Um, but the uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on I'm on everything. You can find me. At, best way to find my stuff is go to jimokane.com, J-I-M-O-K-A-N-E.com, and you can find all my uh, my treasured uh, waste of time of uh, eight podcasts now. Eight podcasts are out there for your listening pleasure. You can listen to hours and hours of me babbling on about stuff. Um, and you can see some of my video work and things like that. Uh, but we, uh, it's, uh, it's, always, it's always good to hear from people who actually are listening. And thank you for staying with us this long. Uh, but uh, if you would like to talk back with us, love to hear from you. Go to the um, uh, Midnight Star, the Silverado Minute Listener's Saloon out on Facebook. Lots of people joining in, uh, chatting about their own memories of this movie, or uh, telling us how discussing wrong they are action pants, Billy Jack or Chuck there, Yeah, Minnows. Billy Jack. Yeah, you know, I want to hear <laughs> Tom Laughlin and uh, you know what 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 your own personal Billy Jack experiences were like. I'd love to hear some of that. Um, also, you can find us out on um, on the Twitter, the Twitter at um, oh gosh, what is it? Oh, it's Silverado MXM MXM, of course, standing for Movies by Minutes, of which. Uh, Ethan and I are a big part of. So uh, join us out there, uh, and uh, you can find if you if you've missed any of our our shows, you can find them out there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or at the big site www.silveradominute.com. Uh, we've got all the previous episodes out there for your listening pleasure. We also have uh, lists of the script and the cast of people whose names we've forgotten because we didn't look at the page when we were recording. <laughs> So uh, check that out, uh, silveradominute.com. And we will return uh, tomorrow as uh, we find out what the 
uh, the wages of, uh, of running a big cattle herd through a, a ranch house are. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> check back with us t- uh, tomorrow here on the Silverado Minute. So until next time, yee-haw! Yeah, I did that better. A bit donkey-fied, but I'm getting better. Yeah. Thursday tomorrow, we're going to perfect my yee-haw for my idiotic UK brain or voice. <laughs> Apologies to the listeners in Texas or the southern states. <laughs>